0: The last one standing, two hands in the air. I'm a champion.
1: You'll be looking up at me when it's over. I live for the battle. I'm a soldier. Yeah, I'm a fighter like Rocky. Put your flag on your back like Ali. Yeah, I'm the greatest. I'm stronger. Bet my dues can't lose. i my own. Yeah. Hey. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Supercatching Solar. My name is Ben. And I'm a And thank you for joining us. It's the Bontempelli special, Swizz. I guess you got a little bit lucky in the end with your Goldie VC. Did you go the Goldie?
0: Forty-six points off you, mate. The uh, the the VC and Captain Twitter God by apparently, mate.
1: And I feel like I've 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 ripped off a whole bunch of the community, to be honest, the Supercoach community, because I in my team reveal and in all the podcasts, I don't think I mentioned Bontempelli once as an option. (laughs) And um, I think it was funny because I was sitting there contemplating whether I was going to trade in Bontempelli or not, or whether I was going to keep Hobbs and this, that, and the other. And I just had this feeling that I was going to get absolutely bent over the Coles. So I was like, right, well, if I'm going gut feeling here. And I put the VC on Bontempelli, Jared, in our, uh, in our group chat as well. I hit him up. I was like, mate, literally, Bruce is back in. I think Bont's going big, 140 plus tonight get on board, I'm doing it. And then Chris is like, find your own VC, starts getting angry. And turns out we both had the same VC and um, Swizz was sitting there hating it all the way to the bank. Um, My only regret is the fact that Laird actually just put on a clinic. It was a weekend of clinics, Dacos killing it, Bontempelli killing it, Laird 20-plus tackles the most ever. Um, I kind of regret him going so well, to be honest. I was like, a nice one twenty five flat would have been great, like a you know, like a lucky Neil. Just go well enough, mate, but don't get within like what fifteen points of my captain. <laughs> Absolutely outrageous, uh, Swizz. How are you faring this week, my man?
0: Mate, mate, I'm it's like, in general, yeah, I'm just good, mate. Just flying along, and that flying super coach wise, mate. Yeah, I was pretty happy with. Happy with my work this week. So the only thing that was disappointing was not having Bond captain. I was all in on Goldie. We all knew that, and yeah, you know, I'll take the one thirty-five.
1: Um, and Goldie yeah. went big in that last quarter. You and must he, have it was hating. the only
0: ruck that looked like going big the whole weekend, which was handy. So
1: I believe yeah. that the the scaling in tapping it down to Zerha to kick the match winner must have been great. Well, he he
0: <laughs> he did kick the uh, goal to put them ahead i think probably five or ten minutes before that too so yeah it was okay? a bit hard because i was in the pub cheering goldie kicking that goal backing us to still hit the front which we did and then fuck um so that's why i got the man city top on yeah apparently man you some farmers team was in town but i'll talk about the proper manchester um you yeah so yeah upset. footy's dead to me <laughs>
1: You must be upset. The last three rounds, lost by a kick in the last sort of what, minute or so?
0: Three out of four games, mate. And I was at two of them and I didn't go this week because we're playing cricket and um, the game ran a bit late. We, We had a bizarre thing. We had this intruder, just random guy just walk on the field and we're like, what are you doing, mate? And he just sits down I'm like, what the fuck, mate? So, um, Protest. carbon the emissions. Cop, the, the cops, unfortunately, had to get involved, and the delay of game meant there was no racing off to Marvel to watch it. So I went down to Dandy Club, had a, quite a few mates down there, which unfortunately were North Melbourne mates, and uh, it wasn't great for me because I even had this old bloke. He, he had his little pusher. He walked up past me, had his little Melbourne scarf on, and he's come up past me and gone, Richmond is shit. Like I can see why people get glassed in pubs, champ. (laughs) It was just unbelievable. I was copying from everyone. The security guard was given to me. after all the media
1: this week, we do not.
0: It was awful, genuinely awful. That like I'm glad for my mates that were there. For they've had a tough year, but uh, actually now fucking fury get fucked. Um. It just, uh, yeah, I can't it was not believe it to watch.
1: After all the media this week, I can't believe you made a Wayne Carey reference. Oh. After all of this whole Daisy <laughs> oh, and Wayne no. Kerry and you're talking about glassing people in oh. in pubs. Mate, you're better than
0: I am. Better than that, but oh,
1: I just cannot Wayne.
0: believe at the the shit I was copying in this pub, mate. It was just, and and then even worse, we've got the work page, um, you know, where we put all our shift swaps and shit like that. And then people were tagging me going, can we check on Swizz's uh, well-being and that? I'm like, yeah, I okay.
1: can't. Check his oh, availability. Like this. This is
0: be the most painful week. So,
1: Speaking yeah. about well-being, we are very well lubricated. Shout out to splashvodka.com.au for sending us more love. I gave Chris some more supplies the other day. He was very, very, very popular. Still waiting to try the lime and raspberry. I think Chris is going to try and organize a little bit of something there. Oh, that sounds delicious. Sounds good, mate. Follow up, get my the taste buds flowing here, and I've got a little bit of this for a little bit later. Uh, we do need to move on to the socials. It's been a, a nice little rounded intro in today. The hot topics, obviously, um, oh, hey, gloating about Bonzo I'm uh, <laughs> talking other sort of footy chat as well, but really focusing on probably um, a little bit of strategy for the run home, Is in how many trades is enough trades? Should you burn them or should you not burn them? Uh, Rowan Marshall, huge topic for this one. Also going to touch on what the, the tackling rule changes there. And I'm going to also touch on a little bit of um, draft strategy as well. Just if you're in a finals uh, for draft and there's a couple of different things you can do. But speaking of what you can do, today is also brought to you by Manscaped. Uh, support for Supercoach Insider is obviously brought to you by Manscaped, our long supporting partner uh, of the podcast or the video podcast as well. Uh, Manscaped, who's the best in the men's below the waist grooming, their products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Over five million men worldwide trust Manscaped with his exclusive offer—twenty percent, including free shipping. Enter SC Insider One Hundred. Go to Manscaped.com. Plenty of love and action there, guys. We um, had our what was it—the Ultimate Package as well with the uh, body wash and the uh, was it the shampoo, lip balm, deodorant, the other mist spray deodorant. Mate, I've been using that stuff like crazy for the last week, and I'm very impressed. And, again, I told you that it's already discounted. You put the promo code in, it gets even cheaper. Literally, you cannot lose. Um, Go check it out. Um, Manscaped.com. Swizz. Awesome. Let's move in. You've been using your stuff as well, Swizzy?
0: Yeah, mate. Uh, The lip balm, that was the first time I actually smelt that.
1: That Yeah, it's got like a minty kind of um, hint to it, eh? Yeah. Like yeah, the <laughs> I think the of... missus ended up stealing one of mine. To be honest, but um, no, really, really impressed with that stuff. I got it up in the share upstairs. So I didn't bring it down for this, but um, let's move on and let's get into well. But before we get in,
0: mate, where where are you ranked at the moment? How are you? How are you going there, Benny Boy?
1: Oh, well, that'll be on my team pod. But I am ranked oh, no. at a hundred and. I'd bring it up. I'm um, ranked at 153rd, so I am 152 mm-hmm. places behind mm-hmm. our mate Abdul, so congratulations yes. to him. Mate, we, we wet his cherry a little bit, dipped we his did. feet in the water, popped his cherry, got him all excited, and then all of a sudden the official, well, they call it the official, so the Super Coach, um podcast, I think it was uh, with what, to what Tim Mitchell or uh, um, some of like um, that.
0: Al. Al, so, um, L- yeah, yeah. So... All them. So he's been a media streak this week, and he has number and we got number in one. Fast. I
1: feel like Tom Brown, but being <laughs> right. Um. um also, a nice change.
0: Very interesting. The uh, top eleven, because you got three of them who have got zero trades. I think another three of them have uh, one. Thanks to our friends over at Super Friend over at Supercoach Data with with this yes. information. Uh, Fifth Data, place Supercoach on Twitter. has. Uh, I think three off the top of my head, and then eleventh has nine trades, Scotty, which is crazy. Um, so if you if, you're if anybody 11th. knows Scotty, would love to get in contact with him oh, because Scotty doesn't know. If anyone Scotty knows Scotty, doesn't know. Scotty yeah.
1: doesn't know. <laughs> um, number one, great shout out to Euro Trip. Um, Scotty doesn't know that Fiona and me do it in my van every Sunday. That was great with uh, Matt Damon as a little cameo. Loved it, Euro. Um, yeah, nine trades, which is crazy because there's five rounds to go. You can pretty much use two trades per round. Uh, if it was me, oh, I wonder if he has a boost in there. That'd be unreal. Oh, that'd be amazing. Um, uh, but f- with that, oh, uh, that would be unreal. Um, uh, with that, yeah, he could easily do moves like we're talking about now. Keep the premiums upgrade around them. If you have an injury, bang, there's your trade there. And straight away, the biggest hit for me, if I had more than one trade, if I could say I had maybe two or three or two to four trades left. And I could upgrade, say, a Hobbs or a Ware or or in in one trade. Like I'm not sure I'd want to burn two trades getting into Marshall. I think that's a little bit excessive because trades are huge at this current point in time. But Marshall is, I think, is huge. He is three hundred and like fifty thousand. So it's extremely no, I think he's cheap. more
0: expensive than that, mate.
1: No, hang on. Let me, let me no, look. I'm Marshall. Sure he, I'm
0: sure he's four sixty.
1: Oh, he's 460. Yeah. What? What was I looking
0: at? I have no idea what you're looking at. I knew he was Man, I was selling
1: him to so many people. You were. I was
0: like, because you're saying to me about making 150 he's grand so, off air. And I'm like,
1: who the hell are you talking about? I thought about? he was so cheap. What, what was he talking about? Looking at or
0: Ste- no, I know was I have, looking at another Marshall? Pod cha- Marshall? Shared, Surely
1: not. Someone
0: <laughs> shared Stephenson to me before, so. Okay. Either way,
1: I think Rowan Marshall is still a good option well, if you value. have the cash and you have yeah. the trades. Uh, Average is well, 75, I think, with um, Ryder in the team. But obviously, Ryder's injured. Uh hurt his car for Achilles. He's out for, what, four or five weeks? So there's his season pretty much done. I don't think Saints will be making the finals, sorry to say. Uh, so I think that's his season pretty well done. They're playing West Coast this week. Marshall does way better as the number one ruck. And um, I think if you've got... The trade's available. He's not highly owned. I think he's in 6% of teams and those 6% wouldn't be pushing uh, top 100 or anything like that because, let's face it, Ron Marshall's been pretty bad up until this point. Um, I think you could do a lot worse, Swiz. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I'm in that position because obviously one trade left. Um, the rumor is Grunty plays this week and how that affects Darcy Cameron. Uh, so I can kind of wait a week. I, I kind of don't want it to be – In a way, I don't want to wait because Marshall is playing West Coast. Um, So I kind of want to uh, like nearly jump on that train. But because of Marshall's break even of 107 and having the one trade, I'm in that position where I can wait one more week, possibly two. And Marshall might just be one of those luxury ones I do and then try to hold on for the last couple of weeks where if, um, yeah, if you've got three, four trades left, it's an easy go like trying to get oh, Marshall in a perfect easy. world. If you can get Marshall with, through two rookies, like I know you said, don't use two trades, but if you are in that four or five trade position and you oh, can then get, I would use two yeah. trades easy. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. Get get a couple of rookies down. Uh, one rookie down, one rookie up, see if you can get $460,000 out of it. Uh, Shout I think, out it's to a, it's I a think uh,
0: My mate Pondy, who's, who's doing that this week, he's uh, looking at going down to Noah Cumberland and bringing Marshall in. And there's so many time. points
1: to be gained because of it. And yep. that's the thing that people need to understand. They look at the price. They look at the average. But again, what we spoke about with, you know, DC, so Darcy Cameron as well, it's about role. And, you know, when the, when um, Grandy comes back in, it's probably going to affect his role. We don't know how much, so you could wait a week and see how much ruck time Grundy gets, et cetera, et cetera. But generally speaking, the role is the key driver. If you are an inside mid and you're getting clearances, you do really well. If you're playing more, defensive or lockdown or having spells and it's not as great and if you uh, aren't in a friendly role then you know everything changes so the same thing happened with Darcy Cameron when bang he got that ruck time we spoke about him being a pretty good option because number one rucks generally score quite well Marshall has shown this over a couple of year period that when he is the only ruck he scores really well um, whether it's a confidence thing or just a, a, a on top of the role um, I think it's yeah, especially if you're going in for leagues against your mates, etc. I think it's just a no-brainer. A good point of difference. Not everyone's going to have him. Not everyone can afford him and he could bang out some really good scores to finish.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and that's where it gets interesting because like, there's some people like me who are already got that loophole in place. Um, so right now, I'm looking at having Short on my bench with the ability, if Short really stinks it up, Himmelberg goes there, Darcy Cameron plays on field. If Short goes decent, um, then Darcy Cameron's the one that gets benched this week anyway. So doing it this week might not make a difference to me because if Short still goes well, Darcy Cameron's going to be a bench option. I'm backing Public Cameron to be my worst of my forward um, options anyway. Um, but yeah, there's, a, there's an opportunity there. If, for example, Brody on the Friday night, um, hypothetically, doesn't go well and you've got a loophole option, you could put him on the bench and be looking at then, oh, well, I can make this change, Cameron, or somebody else to Marshall. Marshall goes 120. You might be 30, 40, 50 points up on everybody else for the weekend. So um, it could be a bit of one of those wait and see what happens on Friday night. And, yeah, if you've got the ability to do some loop polling with the Freo enrichment players, um, and, and then you can sort of make your decision on someone like Marshall.
1: Yeah, I'm keen to... Even yeah, you know, like Darcy, who can occasionally stink out the occasional fifty or sixty. Um, I'd be pretty keen to even. Oh, actually no, I probably can't do that this week because I think Tickle might get named. But um,
0: well, hoping to depending on teams, if Tickle doesn't get named, well, yeah, that's another good one in the rucks because yeah, you could just move Tickle forward. Marshall comes into your side, goes into the rucks for a week. You so, know, there's a, there's a lot of. Uh, yeah, Manu actually, that I could still throw Tickle
1: on the bench. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't even mind putting it on Darcy. It's that way if he, uh, if he stinks it up, then you can throw English or someone else in there. Uh, I don't really have a forward ruck that's not playing though, so I think that's probably cooked me. But um, yeah, I don't mind that either for for any of those players that you can sort of get for the the opening sort of round or two. I don't mind that at all um, to sort of try and open up some loophole options there. Um, yeah, I think I think it's definitely an interesting scenario going forward. Try and loophole when you can. I, I thought it was great, Abdul, last week talking about, you know, if you've got the, the loophole players, so you might as well just put the emergency on, say, three people that play early, and then you can just rotate your t- team around. So if if all three go, well, it's like, well, wonderful, you're laughing. Um, if one of them spuds, then all of a sudden you just shift your whole team around and then put the loophole player you had available into that slot. Um so I don't I don't mind that option at all because I used that, to have this way of thinking that was you know I'd I'd just loophole that forward and then say um you know like say Heaney right I'm gonna to loophole Heaney on my bench in my forward line and then if Heaney does well then I'm like okay well Heaney can then come on for um you know someone else that plays before like Crips yeah. and then I'll then go okay then I'll go and push that person into so maybe I'll go. Uh, and put you know like Dunkley or something in the midfield. Dunkley goes really well, then I'm like, cool, Crips, get out of my side. Yep. Um, whereas I think Abdul probably had it a bit better, just try and loophole all positions really early, and then if one spuds, bang, shift your team around to fix that.
0: Yep, exactly, and especially those people who've got the extra traits to sort of do that. Um, and yeah, even if if you're in that position like Scotty, there's a few people out there who have a lot of traits. I'd be trying to set up for finals an extra loophole person. If you're in a perfect world, if you could have a loophole person, say defence mid and ruck forward, and you can cover two, you know, all four lines, um, with two different loopholes, like you'd be laughing then because it doesn't really matter. Some people are like, oh, should I tr- sideways crips or you know somebody like that. Well, you'd rather rather a loophole situation because if you are a loophole guy, let's just hypothetically the one that you raised a few weeks ago you brought Shea Bolton in. And that week that he goes 160 well you know he's a guy that bang okay you you bring on your um your uh your non playing forward and you can move that sort of Parker or dunkley into that midfield and then now it's like okay Parker versus Cripps loophole between them so it does a, a, a it opens up a lot of flexibility and um it can really you know propel you forward especially in a league matchup.
1: Yeah, and that's why I went heavy on Bontempele this week because I did have cover in uh, where and I had Hobbs, but with Clary out, I wanted a premium in, right? So the easiest way is if you have a loop player, then if you lose Clary for a one weaker, then you just go on like, well, for me it would be Heaney is my loophole player. So I'm like, cool, Heaney, get on the field, right? Bontempele went in the midfield to cover um, Clary. Heaney, instead of playing at F7, came onto the field and Heaney got 104 this week. So that's where the um, premium can sort of help. Um, so that way you're not playing a rookie, you're playing a premium that you can then slide around to different positions, uh, especially those with like Himmelberg, flips, blessed.
0: Mate, the flip side to that was like I had Dunkley covering um, uh, Clary this week for 80 and there were people who had Jai Cully covering. All the, 90. And he, um, What do you score like 96 or something like that? It's, it doesn't like, happen every oh, week. No, it doesn't, but how frustrating. You're like, yes, I put this the all D set up and some sure. rookie goes ham.
1: Yeah, Kate on the D for sure. Um, keep, speaking of trades, I think you should probably definitely keep two trades up your sleeve. Um, It gets a little bit, you know, you could probably burn them a little bit more, but I think five rounds to go, I think you're probably holding two at this point in time and then waiting until there's, you know, if there's three or four rounds, then all of a sudden, you know, one trade seems about right because that way you can use that trade and then maybe at worst you have two donuts. Um. So I definitely like the idea of trying to keep at least a couple of trades. Now I'm a bit slim. I've only got one. Um, But yeah, again, I think you just, with five rounds to go, I think probably just sitting on, if you have one to two trades, I think you just definitely have to sit. If I had two trades, um, I'm not looking to sideways trade crips at this current point in time. I'm just kind of waiting a couple of weeks. If there's three weeks to go, then maybe just pull that trigger then uh, because at least the risk of a donut's a little bit less because the last thing you want to do is, boom, make that trade, and then literally halfway through the, the start of this round, you know, you get to, you know, Sydney and Adelaide and then bang, there's an injury or something or other, and then you're like, oh, I just used my trade, literally just now. Now I've got four weeks of donuts. It just doesn't work. Um, don't be that person. One to two trades, yeah, if you have three, four, then you can burn them. Um, I don't even mind going from three down to one, you know, depending on what you can get with it. So, yeah.
0: And there's no guarantee, like hypothetically, let's just say, it's Crips the Steel, which seems to be the most obvious um, trade this yeah. week for people outside. I convinced of someone last, last week
1: on that. I said, mate, you got four trades. Do it. Yeah. You but got there's money, no guarantee.
0: Like, still doesn't get injured the following week, and that's yeah. so. It's it's a, still a, there's still risks involved with all these trades. And if you're if you've got three, four, five trades, yeah, it's an easy go because if Still came in hypothetically got injured, and that you've still got the cover there. But if you've got one trade and you're all in, well. You've wasted that trade. Now, what do you do for the last three weeks or four weeks, especially if you're in Super Coach finals, which is one week away?
1: Yep. then you're out. <laughs> um, Yeah, in and out nice and easy. Um, Speaking of finals, now, I'm going to give you a little bit of an insight. So, you know, I'm pretty big on strategy for draft, and Chris, myself, and Swizz here, uh, like draft leagues and all the rest of it. So I've kind of gone through one where – uh, we've minimized the final position. So if you get to one where, say, you're top two and you get the week off, or maybe you, um, yeah, you, know, you win this week and then you get next week off, you know, so you get the buy, then you should be really targeting those that are do or die, like a hundred percent. So what I've done last week, there was this guy who had to win the game in order to make the eight, All right? Oh, sorry, make six because I think we're playing top six in an eight person league. We've shifted things. Another story, um. So anyway, so I'm like, this is a must-win game for you. And he has Parrish sitting there. And I'm sitting top two, so I'm guaranteed to have a buyer this week. And last week, obviously, Parrish wasn't playing, so I ended up trading him Noah Anderson for Parrish because Noah Anderson was on a bit of a heater. I got Parrish, who I figure I could sit with him. And when I have my final in a couple of weeks' time, then all of a sudden Parrish should actually probably, hopefully, at that time, be playing. Um, and I could use him as, as an asset. Now, the the same thing going this week is that uh, one of the people that's playing off in an elimination final has Tom Stewart. And I'm like, cool, I've got the week off. So I'm like, hey, mate, like, do you know what I mean? I've got Lloyd. I was thinking about, you know, Lloyd, uh, McDonald, and like Gaff. And I'm like, give me Tom Stewart. you know, So basically two of those three were on my bench. I don't use them. So I'm like, all of a sudden I've gone from Lloyd to Stewart and I've offered him up a little bit of candy. He can then try and win this week. And then all of a sudden my team is stronger for future weeks. So that's where really with draft, if you have the week off, and there is a risk involved in all trades, obviously, because it could come back and burn you big time. But um, they're the kind of little things that you can help strengthen your side, particularly at the end. If you're in a keeper league, 100% the same thing. If some people are in the window to win, you should be trying to trade out your experienced players to get a better younger player. It's like, hey, what do you want to do? Do you want to win this year or do you want to try and like develop your team for next year because you are in a window, you're in top four or you're pushing towards top four, you've got an aging list. How about I give you some older guys? You give me some younger people. And it's a win-win. Um, and that's how I sort of try and market it, um, particularly for keeper leagues, depending on which position you're in, because some people get very desperate. And you might have an old person like last year, I think, uh, Aaron Hall. I couldn't – I shouldn't have – I should have got rid of him. I was going for the win myself. But if someone – I think someone offered me like Z-Ball Hall and someone else, and then I took it. i give them another player. Um, and sometimes, you know, like Rankin, I gave them last year, and then sometimes they have a bad patch like Rankin did, and then all of a sudden they're back on the waiver anyway. So I'm like, sweet, I got some old talent for last year, and then I can still pick up my young player in the future. So, um, Swiz, what do you think on all, all strategies coming for finals? Any well, tips?
0: I was, in, I was just. Deeply listening to your strategies there, because I know on the Super Supercoach keep Keeper League, we're playing each other in the first final this week, second versus oh, third, mate. So, yeah. And Grimo, I, Grimo, who gives everyone advice. I was hoping you going to drop advice. something there. I'm just, I was looking through our matchup going, okay, well, let's have a look what Benny's doing here. Um, yeah, no, Grimo ended up finishing top. Uh, he's playing Mark on that. Uh, Chris is fifth. He's playing Tony. And uh, Chris and Carl are sixth and seventh, so they're playing each other. So, yeah, you and me, mate, second versus third.
1: Yeah, and I kind of butchered my chance here. So Swizz and Grimo came in a little bit late to the super coach. Uh, so you were in a bit earlier. Yeah. Grimo came in. So we talk about the famous Grimo. Grimo talks to Abdul a lot and pretty much Abdul's like, oh, Grimo helped me out a lot. And Grimo kind of helps us in our little, we have a four-way group chat, basically Swizz, myself, Chris and Grimo. And uh, he's kind of the the silent, uh, he's like the phantom of our crew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You never see him. We just hear, hear chats from him, but um, trying to get him involved for some, big bash i don't think he wants to be seen but uh we might get him on the he chat for like the big bash. He, he,
0: he likes to hide you know away in that yeah, yeah and man, abdul you're right. yeah you're more, i guess uh, there's the two parts to it it's the keeper and uh and then you got your you redraft so for your redraft you're just looking at these uh, matchups this week uh so here we got we got the saints i think playing west coast so there's a possibility that some small forwards there if the if the Saints, you know, kick goals. You're looking at kind of that. The forwards are the most up and down each week. Uh, North Melbourne, Hawthorne, like we looked at last week, um, the Hawks were playing West Coast, Bruce went off uh, that. So he got the six goals. Um, so so you're looking at sort of that. Is there a way I can stream, get, get a forward with the right matchup this week, bring them in, hopefully they, you know, pop and go sort of, 90, 100, 110. And that can be the difference between winning your uh, your redraft leagues matchups. Your keeper so, league's obviously a bit different, and it depends on your rules on your keeper league, because some block trading once they're out. Some people, you know, your trading's still open here, where you're still in, and, um, you know, you might already have player people eliminated, where they're happy to hold, you know, bank draft picks or kits, where you might have to go and pitch a decent player for them to help you win the league. So... Um, yeah, and feel free to be aggressive at this side. Like, yeah, I know everyone goes, okay, it's a keeper league. I want to be good long-term. But the main thing, like like the AFL, you're trying to win premierships. Like, look at Geelong, all in. Like, they don't care if they drop. Now, they've been very good for a long time, and all credit to the, the Geelong Football Club. But do they really care if they drop off the cliff like West Coast has? West Coast has got that premiership now. Like, all those players are premiership, you know, medalists and that. They don't give us stuff that they're gonna be, you know, bottom and the club's gotta rebuild and that. They're premiership players for the rest of their life. And so it's no different in how I look at keeper leagues. If I'm a chance of winning, um, yeah, I'm happy to give up some young talent if it means, you know, getting the premiership. Especially those who are playing like us, you know, you have cash leagues or you have trophies. I know our cricket club, the sky um league is yeah, we have we have the trophy and the cash prize each year, so yeah, I'm going to go out and try to get it. And if that means, you know, I finish, you know, down the bottom the next couple of years, well, so be it.
1: Yep. Good philosophy. What's North Melbourne's excuse then? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's more Richmond, uh, isn't it, good.
0: mate? Losing to that.
1: Yes. Um, anyways, that's a little bit of strategy for that one. Um. The next thing I want to talk about is the, the AFL rule. Now, Chris isn't here tonight. He is busy. Um, Shout out to YouTube for a couple of those (laughs) comments. Um, But he's really big on, you know, Ginovan and how harshly he's being treated. Obviously unbiased Collingwood supporter and um, all you know Collingwood issues. And um, he's like preaching to the wrong choir because he talks to me, like sends me videos of texts, like holding it in behind him like an Easter egg and like all this kind of stuff. And he's like, this is a free kick. And he's, he's messaging it to me and sending me leagues and i just keep sending the same like gifts all the time i'm like play on i was like i'll allow it i'll allow it to play on this and the other and i just like stir him up all the time i'm like mate you're literally talking to someone who doesn't like Ginovan. and i'm like i'm just like play on i do not give a stuff and that's obviously a biased opinion on my part um could be because he plays for collingwood could be because he has that flog factor um yeah so i i hate i just hate the ducking and trying to lower your body and dropping the knees and lifting the shoulder I just hate it in general and and the problem is it's been a skillful art that has been learned over a long period of time like Matheson I hated it when he came out there trying to shrug and dip and get free kicks all the time and some of these young players are training for it because they're like they see their idols you know your Selwoods and these other people that do it notoriously for a long time where it used to be Basically, where they'd get hit a little bit high, and they sort of like lean a little bit, and they'd get hit, or they'd lift their shoulder up a little bit so it bounces off and hits them in the head. Like Shuey, um, Port Adelaide, would bet they wish that this was out in that time when they lost after the uh, was it after the siren in that final when Shuey kind of ducked down and, and copped the high hit. I just don't like it. I think if you're trying to protect the head and they're really serious about concussions, then they can't reward it, and that seems to be the the, the mo with. Um, The AFL came out today saying that pretty much the umpires have been instructed not to play free kicks to players who they believe are responsible for drawing a high contact from tacklers. So pretty much if you're putting yourself in a vulnerable position to get a high contact, then so whether you shrug, you drop your body or you lift your arm, play on to be called. If you have no prior, it's play on and ball up. And if you have prior and then you're trying to milk it, then pretty much it's holding the ball like that has been called previously. So Swizz, where do you stand on this? Because I am all for it. I have had enough of these fucking two-bit hussies that are getting paid good dollars to drop on their knees. You want to drop on your knees, you do it on your own dime, right? Get a shady nightclub, join DeGoe, knock yourselves out. But in the meantime, I just hate it. What do you? Where do you sit?
0: Mate, I'll play devil's advocate just to. You know, give I us do a bit not. Of, you will of, not win. But, I, but I'm actually 100% with you. I like We used to umpire school footy, and I used to pay it like the Joel Selwood rule, and that if you're ducking in tackles, and that you're, you're getting a free oh, I don't even go as far as pay a free kick against them. You can get away with that in umpiring school footy and stuff, because I absolutely, yeah, I'm i with you. I hate it. But the flip side, too, is, that, is it then... Should it be on the tackler to get low, like rugby, get low, hit them around the hips? Uh, now, the reason the AFL players don't, because they don't want the play, the attacking player getting off the handball, and that's why they're yep. trying to tackle them higher to nullify that. But should it be, well, these guys are going to lift. Let's get them around the hips. Don't give away the free kick, and hopefully you hit, hit them, tackle them good enough that you're going to you know, spoil the ball, ball out. And if it doesn't, so like I get you. I had when,
1: they, when they're going low and they're like, oh, you have to attack them like lower and harder. And yeah. I understand some get a little bit clumsy and then fair enough, maybe play the free kick. If you, if you bend down getting the ball, yeah. then that's a free kick. Your head's down, you've got your feet. It's the ones where, and you even see some players try, they try and lean in to tackle, right? And the only way that you can tackle this person that's going really low, really hard on an angle is you pretty much have to have this arm in the air and then tackle them with your opposite arm around them. Is kind of like the only way you could do it. Yeah. And it's just, you know, and I think, again, going back to the whole concussion thing, if you're going to take it seriously, then why are you rewarding people for putting themselves in a position that they can then get hit in the head? My- because that's what they were trying to do. They are deliberately trying to get contact around the neck and the head and then getting rewarded for it. So then it just creates this whole scenario where I think they just, they need to get rid of it.
0: Well, probably the, the thing that, and I, this is probably why I really agree with it because yeah. And as I said, I get the argument with people. say so get lower, tackle harder and, and, and do that. But this used to never be an issue when players could bump because you know, if you went low and that you could have your head absolutely um, knocked out. But now anytime you bump, you, you're risking the chance of getting yourself suspended for multiple weeks because you have chosen to bump and the AVOS and is clear on that and we get it because of the head height. So now yeah, you can go, tackle
1: legally. And if you play for Carlton, you'll get suspended for two weeks. Yes.
0: So but, um, you're poor for that player and that, because that could be his career now, but that's another, another issue. That's but, stupid. They yeah, don't even so challenge it. If I know I'm Weak. like that player is not going to bump me because they're risking, you know, multiple weeks on the sidelines. Yeah. I'm going to duck my head and, and pick up the ball. And then you hope that, yeah, that the tackle goes High, so yeah, I think it's a fair change. It's a fair change to at least give the defensive player a chance, as much as I know a lot of people want. You know, the offensive players always you know get the rub of the green because you get higher scoring and that. Like, and that and we see that in the back line. Like, how many times is a backman taken high? It's play on, like over the shoulder and that. But at the moment you touch a full forward, it's a free kick. So they know they want to do that to make the scoring higher. And this has sort of been one of the things that's like, well, we'll let this go because the attacking player gets the free kick, gets rewarded, you know, moves the ball on. But at the same time, the defensive player just has absolutely no opportunity. And then, as you said, it's the technique that then puts players at risk and then kids see it and they put themselves at risk in local games or even local footy uh, because they're not obviously training at five days a week like, you know, Genevin or Selwood or any of those players in the past.
1: And here's the other thing I have, the issue I have. If you're training to get a free kick, because the reward is large. Yep. Yeah, you get an opportunity to kick a goal, six points. It could be decided really closely. Um, If you're spending time training that, then you're not spending time training on like kicking or trying to make the game look attractive. And all you're doing is you're spending time on something that actually makes the game look crap instead of actually spending the skills that make it exciting for people to watch. And it's the whole same dynamic where people train and try and, you know, defense wins to, you know, it's, it's not attractive to stop goals, but unfortunately it wins games. So I get that. right? So it's back to that whole premise of you do, you do what's rewarded. Um, whether it looks pretty or not, you do what can be exploited. And, you know, I really, and it's hard because I think the AFL is already hard enough to adjudicate. You've got forwards that are trying to play for free kicks or ex- accentuate a little bump, they cop a little nudge and they're like doing the Danaher you know, the uh, shooting star memes or whatever. I mean, I love those. <laughs> Any shooting star meme, yeah, Harry, Harry McKay, yeah. you got Derek Danaher, anyone gets a little bump and they just start doing the the shooting star memes. So you got that. They already have to deal with that. You've already got enough of the – and there's so many holds like behind play. And you see you literally so many one-on-one holds or a bit of blocking here or a bit of a grab here and and a lot of it sort of gets played on. Yeah. Um, and a lot of checking, but then you kind of go, now you're adding another element to this because now the umpires now have to, it's also, you got, okay, it's holding the ball. Do they have prior? Are they trying to get rid of it? It's, that's my interpretation as an umpire. Have they kept the ball in or have they not kept the ball in? And I saw a disgraceful one the other day, um, but again, deliberate. So it's like, okay, well, so it's up to their discretion. So what we're doing is now we're adding a third element of discretion where the, hey, do I think this person's ducked or do I think they've accentuated this high contact? And then did they have prior? Oh, yeah, they had prior. Bang, there's holding the ball. So you've now got – and how many times do we get a little bit frustrated or, or these contentious issues where, um, oh, holding the ball, oh, that was a bit dubious, or, oh, that was um, deliberate out of bounds, oh, that was a little bit dubious. And now you're going to have, oh, that, that, this guy got his head taken off and you called play on. Mm. So it's going to happen. Um, yeah, and, and it's it's a hard really, game. as you
0: said, it's the hardest game to umpire. Like you look at league, union, NFL, they all run at each other. And that you've got the, the ref, but then you've got the two side judges on that. And with those sports and even in, um, you know, soccer, football, whatever you want to call it, you know, they have the option to go to VAR for these big decisions and that, but obviously in the higher rank levels. So you get like a striker who falls down, gets a little tug, whatever. Before, yeah, you might get the red card, the penalty. Players could get away with it. But now all those decisions go to VAR. You see it in the league. They always go to the... uh you know, the, the video ref and stuff like that. Too hard to do that in our game. It's just the way, the speed of it. Um, and, and the umpire's positioning, and the people sit there and go, well, the umpire's a full-time in that. It still doesn't stop you from getting in the wrong positions and that. And and how many times do we get frustrated when another umpire runs in for 60 metres and pays us? But yeah. they're looking at something from one view. We're looking at it from the crowd as another view, and the third umpire is looking at it from a different view. So there's no right or wrong with a lot of these because we all did Because it's a 360 degree
1: ga- game, and, and the fourth umpire's many, got his head up his ass. That's
0: right. Oh, the, there's not too many other games that you can think of that are played like this. So there's no real solution of outside of stripping it back and trying to make yep. the rules as basic as possible.
1: And we already have enough delays with these score reviews and the yep. rest of it. I don't mind. Um, I guess a behind is a little bit different. I hate that. Score review, see if it's a behind, but I guess one point can matter. Um, I I don't mind actually, and this is really weird because I don't think I've ever plugged NRL in my life. Um, State of Origin, man, there's some big hits and I hate, I I don't watch NRL, right? And I always, I I pretend to go for the bunnies because my partner's family goes for the, you know, big NRLs and I was like, oh, go the bunnies. And then I have to kind of like, oh, where are they coming? Because I have no idea, right? (laughs) I actually enjoyed State of Origin 1 and 3. But the, going to, to round off to our, our current story is they used to do school reviews and stuff all the time. And then it got to a point where they're like, right, no, you're just going to blow what you see. And basically they go, right, it's a try, bang. And then as they go back towards the middle of the field, the umpire then has a quick squizzle doodle and goes, hang on, there's something going on here. Let's have a review. And then bang, yeah, that's a knock on or that's a try or that was uh, not a try. And let's bring it back and go. So at least it's sort of you get, you're only stopping it if there's a, a mistake. So they don't even kind of go, oh, I think that was a bit how do you do, generally. Sometimes they might, but usually if they think it's pretty clear and it might be maybe if, you know, in AFL terms maybe there's a finger touch, like, hey, yep, looks good, yep, sweet, through the middle, all clear, and like, oh, touch, and like, okay, well, they'll check it as we go back to the middle, and then they get, you know, the 60 seconds to have a, have a look, uh, and then if it looks dubious and they're like, okay, let's score review, let's go check the tape, um, but it kind of speeds it up a little bit because they just now start to call the try. And then they get the sixty seconds to review. And then if there's something, then they bring it back. You don't stop and wait a minute for every yeah. single time that there could be something. That maybe it's not something, and or maybe they do. Yeah. So and it's the just, problem with that I is we that. know
0: one of the biggest ways of scoring these days through is that rebound from fifty, kick out, get the uh, you know, the ball moving. And if the you know they go into a score review for a point, possible point out of the full on that gives the opposition time to set up, the game gets, you know, just too much of a disadvantage to the team kicking out out the ball and that. And But there's no, you know, I, I agree with you that, you know, yeah, the, the game's close, the one point does matter, but how you kind of fix it, well, I would love to know how many wrong umpiring decisions there were back sort of the umpires in the 80s and the 90s compared to the umpires today and how many of those video reviews are actually correct by the umpire. Like, you know, they always give a soft single. No different to cricket. There's always a soft single. Now, Now I'm glad they have the review system in cricket, for example. But again, even that's not perfect because teams use it at the wrong time and then you see, you know, terrible decisions made by the umpire and that. And so... Well, I, umpire's I don't know right or the umpire's not even getting into the position. Because they the don't... The umpire's
1: not even there. Yeah. They stand, they're meant to be side on. And you should be able to see if it's run out or not, if it's yeah. close or not. You should be able to see, is oh, is this worth going up to the third umpire? Sometimes yeah. they call third umpire and the guy's bats past the stumps. Yeah. And you're like, mate, he's in by three fucking exactly. quarters of a meter.
0: And it's like, Stupid. okay, do we just have the best umpires that like we've always had, let them back in, and but the technology is there. if it's, it's meant to be there for like the shocking decision. And I think that's where we've gone, okay, now we want everything perfect. That. It's never it was never meant to be about perfect. It's just meant to keep the shocking decisions out of the games, and that. So, I don't know. As you said, maybe it's, that's what we should go to footy. It's it's just the goals as they're coming back, and that. And if there is a problem there, then review that. But you know, I feel I'm with you. It feels like every friggin' five minutes they're reviewing a buddy, a goal yeah. where the goal on point. You know, what we need to
1: do Swizz. Yeah. We need to go on. Get our fitness up, mate, and put our hands up to oh. to be AFL quality. Well, I'll, I'll give
0: you I'll give you an insider on that because I do know one of the former umpires, oh. and the politics behind the scenes there are unreal. A lot of it is fitness. Um, he he used to say that like the the preseason time trials. If you didn't make certain levels, you're out. And then you know there'd be umpires who'd go with the gut and make gut calls and that, which the fans would react friendly, but because of the letter of the law, and they're going, you know, they would get in their reviews and say, no, you haven't done this or you haven't reached these fitness targets during the game. You know, some of those footy umpires that get demoted and there's probably better umpires running around the VFL or local leagues, but they're just not fit enough that, but they've got a better sense of the game. There's some good umpires. Don't get me wrong. There's some great umpires in the game, but there are some where they're, they're probably there because they're more fitter or different politics in it. So yeah unfortunately there's
1: always always politics in sport mate Um, well that's how pollock got to three clubs i mean someone rated him (laughs) um but it's like anything you get to any sort of rep team someone rates you someone doesn't rate you even in football lists you know lists and that sort of stuff they see collingwood sees Trelaw or someone they can offload and replace you know it's um Always how it is, and that's why it's a bit of a contentious issue. People probably, look at someone like rookies well, yeah, these days. People because... people look at someone like Brody from the Gold Coast, and Gold Coast, hey, we don't have a spot for you and yeah. you're worth nothing, you don't play a game, and Freeman are like, Hey, we actually rate you. Yep. And that's pretty much it's all about opinions and um yeah, politics is absolutely rife in sport for sure. Um hand, hands up and give us a comment if you've ever been shafted by a bit of politics in sport. <laughs> um, I have before. Some guy well. everyone Everyone's ripping on this guy and I put in a really good series. I think it was, um, touch football and this other guy was just playing pretty average, but his parents knew some pretty good people. And, um, next minute he made Australia. And then I, I played, I think it was a representative team with some older boys and they're all hanging shit on him. Like, how the F did you play for Australia? Like you are trash. And these were guys that played for you know, representative sports as well, but older, um, yeah, politics, man. It can hurt you, uh, especially as a kid. Politics and sport and children do not mix. Don't bring it. Don't yeah. have it.
0: I'm not going to bring nah. up my status because I'll get freaking angry, buddy, going through previous stuff like that. But uh, unfortunately, oh, that's right, no, the way
1: especially kids is the worst too. It's mm. like politics or some of them take it real. Like I, I'm very competitive. Yeah. Right. So to the point where, this is, obviously, this is the shit talk section. Um, <laughs> The politics, and it's funny because before a game, like when I'm coaching, you know, like um, volleyball and all the rest of it. Um, so I start off and I'm real, like, I'm not an angry person. Okay. Like even I could smash down some OP rums and still be like chatty Cathy and say, Hey, like I'm not an aggressive person. Right. There are, um, only there's two things that make me angry. Right. And I, and it's more cause I'm a protective person. So my mom is deaf. Right. So my mom is deaf and I'm very protective of her. So if people actually had a go at her, which happened once at a service station, someone had a go at her, and I lost my shit. And I'm not an aggressive person or an angry person. And the other one is, again, my partner. Like if someone's like pushing into her like at a concert, had some guy like, you know, we're in, not in the, if you want to you know, be in like the mosh and you want to sort of like be in your punching pit, and I love the punching pit. Hell yeah, a bit of push and shove, love it. I'm made for that. You know, throw the, the big body around. Um, <laughs> but not, we're standing outside that though. We're standing yeah, yeah. outside that by a couple of meters and then some guy's like banging into us and then cleaned her up. And I've just like pushed him 100%. I'm like, fuck off. Hmm. Like protectiveness. Um, otherwise, I'm not really angry at all. Um, but competitiveness, right? So I start off before this game and I'm always, I'm nice. I'm like, hey, congr- hey, how are you? Yeah, best of luck. Wish you all the luck. And then we get into the game. I'm like, come on, let's go. And I get real, like real competitive. And then when the game's done, I'm like, oh, hey, thank you very much. Great game. But I get so competitive during it where I feel like sometimes there's this little line where you kind of like oh, reel it back in, mate. It's just one point at school footy and parents take it too serious. Yep. Well,
0: maybe that's one for our viewers. Send us your, uh, your, uh, your angry
1: parent story yeah, angry parent or, your, story, angry or, or story. your biggest
0: political oh. shafting story in, uh, in, in sport that, oh. as I said, I could go on for hours. There's, there's, probably there's, there's an off season segment there. We've yeah, we, got the roadcaster pro
1: we'll call we'll call people up on the roadcaster pro hook them yeah. up to bluetooth and give them a call on their mobile and we can talk shit that'll be great segments. oh mate
0: uh, and yeah parents and that we we had it on the weekend like i had the two we had we had cricket we had this guy carrying on like an absolute pork chop the dad of the captain we played against on the weekend every time they took a wicket like the, the, the opposition they were great you know no problems you know they've after you take a week you're always up and about on that but this dad was practically getting in our face like you'd be running over you know, yes yes What, well, you know, like what the fuck mate like you know it, just, it was just the the biggest carry on and well, i didn't get to see any and we we all go to the afl game you know there's always people who want to laugh off some steam in the crowd and stuff like that so i didn't actually see any of the afl games this week i did see local footy uh, shout out to jade one of my uh cricketers uh, who's Uh, NGA for uh, St Kilda so she was playing under 14 16s on the weekend so I did see her play and um, yeah there was a few parents there more the opposition who um, yeah it's amazing because this game came down right to the wire and the closer games get you you just see parents who are living through their kids come out Um, so and and you feel for the kids because there's nothing worse than you know they they look over and there's mum or dad and just absolutely going nuts because you know they've kicked the ball in the full or something's happened and that and you know you, you got to remember they're like they kids for you know the kids just trying to enjoy their sport and that so it's different if they're out there that as players and you know they're riving up their team but they don't need some parent buddy over the fence telling them or telling oh, the opposition man. what to do I've
1: I've seen I've seen parents come over and and criticize the coaching to the uh, as far as why isn't my child playing and it's like, well, your child is a year younger than everyone else. You're like the bottom age group. And you can only have six people on the court and we have four people on the bench. So you do the math and your child is playing pretty shit right now. So it's kind of a, they'll still get opportunities, but. If you kind of butch your opportunities and you're on that fringe sort of rotation and someone else is taking those opportunities, well then guess what? You're gonna sit out a little bit more. Yep. And again, it's no there's no friends in competition. It's not a, it's not an equality thing where, hey, we're gonna everyone's gonna get twelve minutes of game time and we're gonna keep it extremely fair. It's not like that in competitions. Yeah. And, um, and
0: that's the thing, like even like the weekend, like I think uh, Jade got best on ground. So another shout out to her in the under-14s, but you see these junior coaches, yeah, they they try to rotate as best they can. But in that last quarter, if the game's there still to win, you know, you you want the kids to, they want success as well. So I think some people then go, oh, hang on, that person got to play three or four or five more minutes than my kid. It's like, well, yeah, for three quarters, we did the right thing. But, you know, in the last quarter, we we want to win. Oh, and so I've got they're... a
1: story for you. <laughs> I've got a story for you. Under-16s footy, right, coaching and they had prizes each week, right? <laughs> and I didn't put much time yeah. or thought into the prizes. I was looking for things that inspire you. So, hey, like if you're doing the extra bits and pieces, the one percenters, you know, you're working really hard, you have a great game. I'm like, cool. So I did that. And I didn't keep track of each week who I gave the prizes to. <laughs> so sometimes you'd have people fill in. There could be a younger player. It could be a guy coming down from a division or whatever. And I'm like, man, I'm really inspired. Like you've done some great stuff, so you'll get the prize today. And I'm looking for little bits and pieces that, you know, that are worthy. And there was this one child, right? So I thought he, he was with back pocket. And I was like, nah, mate, he's got that real aggression to him midfielder, right? But the problem is he kind of hard on his sleeve. The aggression kind of goes too far for a young adolescent male that can't control his emotions sometimes. So would end up getting like, you yeah, know, reported or suspended for coat hangers or punching people and the rest of it, right? Um live to the wire kind of thing anyway get to the very end of the season now this parent should have actually coached the team and the only reason i coached this team is because they had nobody and they asked me if i could step up and i was like yeah cool like i'll volunteer my time anyway so this parent complained but he's pretty much my child didn't get a single prize all year and i was like man i didn't keep a fucking tally as to who i gave all these prizes to and maybe because i'm looking for little bits and pieces of inspiration or um you know, morale or I like to reward the good qualities of sticking, you know, sticking to your man or, or using your teammates or putting on shepherds or doing the team thing or res- respecting good qualities and your child's punching walls and hitting people and coat hanging people and getting suspended. Like, you know, and I'm like, hey, like, you know, and, and then, oh, you're a shit coach, blah, blah, blah. I'm so I you should have put your fucking hand up then. If you want to do things better, then you put your hand up and don't just like palm it off and then criticize. Yep. Um, that's one for me, Swiss, because I'm just getting triggered now, mate. This is all happening. Uh, we're that, getting that, on. That's it, mate, we're getting on.
0: Mate, I know that as a, as a former teacher and that the buddy, student of the week, so is the biggest toss thing in the friggin' world and that like it's great oh, the kids parents, look, they love their moment and stuff like that but uh it's, everyone gets a friggin' sticker some that some, that some, think <laughs> some think they're
1: angels some think their child's are angels i'm oh, like mate God. you know what your kid does like and, and i'm not this I, is, i'm not talking about school i'm not yep. talking about school because that would be unprofessional um but even when i was when even when i was younger this parent who i to hang out with this guy all the time and his mom thought i was a bad influence <laughs> i was like mate He's like, he's riding a dirt bike without a helmet, going 140 clicks an hour over these hills and doing all the sort of crazy stuff. I mean, that's got nothing on me and I'm the bad influence. You know I mean? everyone shit don't stink. Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah I agree. And, and that's the big thing. I, I agree with people not putting their hand up and, uh, but they're happy to sit there from the sidelines and criticize that. That, that really frustrates me. Um, Something else, just getting back on the footy chat, mate. Um, yeah, let's do it. Let's please know, round this back in. Because we. <laughs> I could seriously speak about all this for two hours and that. Like, well, It's, it's round 19. Worms, we can do what we like. Can of can, worms there and that. Some interesting uh, trade news coming out, um, which becomes a bit Supercoach relevant as we, because we are talking before about like keeper leagues. So for those who are still with us, um, yeah, the, the, the rumors about the three, Possible GWS players changing because they're uh, massively over the cap. Um, Hopper, Taranto, and Tanner Bruin are three that are getting looked at. Um, Hopper's been linked to Richmond, Taranto to the Pies, and Tanner Bruin to Geelong. So possibly three that you might want to look at for a keeper league, Um, especially maybe Hopper, who probably then gets full midfield time if he was go to Richmond. So these are the sort of moves that you might take a risk on now because once it happens, like we saw with, say, George Hewitt, everybody oh, then, knew George then the, Hewitt. Yeah, was then be the hype's huge. The hype's yeah. huge. You're overpaying. Where you want to get on these beforehand. Uh, you know, Dugowie's worth right now is probably as low as it can get. Strong rumours about him going to St. Kilda or Geelong. If you were to do that trade, you would really hope he gets to St. Kilda because he's going there to play midfield, where Geelong is probably doing the same role, maybe probably more forward um and that so there, there's huge risks with these but yep. if you're you know somebody who likes to take a bit of risk and or especially if you keep at leagues um yeah definitely worth uh exploring these at the moment
1: yeah, and if you get in early the rewards are definitely there um i don't mind that at all uh, so hopper in there as well toronto i think even at collingwood probably do he'll probably get more midfield time there i mean taylor adams is old, aging um pendles has kind of really what come back in there recently but he's not really going through there at the moment uh so I think he provides them something that they don't have. Yeah. Um, even he, here's my big issue. Here's my big risk. Now I was kind of hoping that Paddy Ryder kept playing through the season and then retired gracefully on top of his pedestal. Now Marshall only just got DPP for a forward, and now all of a sudden he's about to play pure ruck for about five weeks, and I think that's going to kill his DPP. I think next year now because of this final like end of year injury, um. If Patty Ryder is it does retire by some chance by the end of the year, then all of a sudden Ron Marshall is now a little bit more expensive. B he's a ruck only, and it's going to suck a little bit. And it's still going to be tempting to pick him based on the upside. Uh, and the same thing I have with Bontempi. So Bruce comes back in. It's like okay, cool. Bont had played really good game just going on, but again he 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 can't be that far ahead on that DPP split. He's probably vulnerable again to possibly lose it. Um, there are my couple of concerns. So I'm hoping Bont keeps the DPP. I'm hoping that Dunkley moves. I love Dunkley, but I'd love Dunkley to go to another club so I can A, pick him to dominate and then still be able to pick a McRae or a Bontopelli as well and have like the best of both worlds mm. would be ideal. Um, So yeah. that's just one thing to consider as well with the, you know, the keeper leagues and stuff, jumping on Marshall. It's like, I think he loses DPP and then he'll be a Ruck only. Uh, Bontopelli, I don't even mind if you can get some really good value for him now, I'd still keep Pelly, but um,
0: it depends what, because this is what some people complain because there's not enough trades done in their leagues where other people are super aggressive. I know you're super aggressive, Ben. I know I, I was
1: until no one traded with yeah, well, me. And I'm it. very reasonable. Well, I'm a reasonable a guy. Thing, Cause
0: when you trade and you seem to get some wins and some people get a bit reluctant after that. Like I traded two years ago while Mills was still a defender for Bailey Smith. And there was a couple of little things in that, but that's a huge risk. And that's a huge trade. Because Mills is now in the midfield averaging 120. Bailey Smith's my number one forward. And that is, until he got suspended, was he averaging like 105 or something like that.
1: So Yeah, 107 and change.
0: Yeah. Um, so there, you've, the problem is a lot of trading. People don't want to get um, give to get. So you yep. kind of have a look at your squad. And I was at the time going, well, Mills is moving, going to move into the midfield. I've got enough midfielders. Bailey Smith hopefully picks up forward status. That suits my team balance and that's how it's worked out. But for the other guy, it worked out perfectly for him as well. So it was kind of a win-win for our both our squads there. Um,
1: yeah. so, and how frustrating is it when someone's hitting up and wants your player and then they want to give up shit in return? They yeah. want to give up their scraps. Because, oh, but your players not that great. I'm like, well, hang on, you're chasing this player mm. or you're mm. trying to get this person. So they're pretty much over and so many people or oh, you're trying to hit him up in reverse and you're trying to hit up their player right so case in example mercer who probably won't listen to this uh in our in my draft league right so i'm hitting him up and i'm like okay like um I'm oh, trying to think who it was i was chasing but i was like chasing like a um like a parish or or and it wasn't a parish but it was like let's just say um Zach Merritt or someone. Maybe it didn't start too great, but has a lot of potential. So I'm like, hey, oh no, actually, no, it was Zorko. This is even worse. Hmm. So I was like, hey mate, like Zorko. I was like, hey mate, um, you know, like Zorko, et cetera. Like, you know, what do you, what would you like for him? Um, because I know he was he started off a okay, so to be hit around a little bit of peak, and I have a soft soft so Zorko. And he's like, I want um Max Gorn. And I'm like, You're a fucking idiot. Hmm. And I was yeah. like, No, 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 like uh, um, you know what I mean? So like you know, Zorko, what would you like? And he goes, oh, okay, then steal. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, so some people just over like think that whatever they have is there. All these hype players, you have to give a little to get a little. And I think the best people are the ones that can sort of navigate around that. So uh, for those of the long-term listeners of the show, my philosophy has always been, particularly with draft leagues, you have a waiver wire. You have a bench. I like to try and flip a player on field and a player on my bench and combine them to get one better player because then that person goes on field. I've got more points on field. And then I am extremely forward and I pay attention to the waiver wire as to who's dropping and who's available. So I generally do better at the waiver wire than most people, right? So Dr. Supercoach in there, some of the, um, their waiver wire, uh, some of their leagues. Um, the, I was pretty much like the waiver hunter because like, man, like, you know, Ben picked up this person, picked up this person, picked up this person, even this year. Um, you yeah, know, black halves I picked up when no one else was jumping on him. There's so many that are now just averaging a hundred and I kind of just look at, you know, instead of a three round and a five round, sometimes I'm like, okay, well, who scored well this week? What did they do the week before? And I'm like, well, they've done really well two weeks in a row. So do I want to take a risk and get them now? And it's funny. Cause I had an AFL draft expert who's on YouTube and he was trying to do the same thing back to me. I was like, no, 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 mate, hmm. I am not giving you one of my good players for two of your players. I said that dilutes my fucking list. Hmm. And I was like, you know, I said, Hey, all the best to you. And he kept doing the same sort of trades. And I was yeah. like, mate, I am not, I am not offering a one for two. I said, I do two for ones. And he was trying to do the same thing to me that I do to other people. And I'm like, I'm not buying it. Yeah. So whenever you can, if you're playing draft leagues, when you get into the start of the year, and if you're good at the waiver wire, it doesn't work if you just keep your crappy list, then two for ones are the best. Cause I'm like, Hey, I'll give you these two players for one of your better players and the person that you hate the, the most. Give me your shittest player. And in their mind, they're like, Oh wow, this actually matches up. I'm pretty good. And I'm like, Cool. Well, I've just taken your best player and then getting someone off the waiver who's probably better than the guy that you just dropped because you don't know how to waiver properly. Yeah. Uh and that's how it works. And that's why people don't trade with me no more. <laughs> yeah.
0: Fortunately, most of my leagues, people are too smart for all that. So it doesn't don't get that advantage too much. There is always somebody near the bottom that does waiver. Um, you know, and it's hard when they're down the bottom and they're getting that first access and stuff, but oh. Yeah, when you're in strong awesome. leagues, I, I I like when I'm in a kind of weaker league, but as I said this year, like a lot of uh outside of the super coach inside league, my um, cricket cup league, which is pretty, pretty highly ranked, and then the Richmond Forum where we've got I think we've got three people inside, maybe the top fifty this year in just classic. And you know, and then you add Grimo in there who's just a draft expert. Um, yeah, it makes the uh, the drafting pretty hard. So you've got to actually then go really left field with some of these options and stuff, but it does make the trading interesting, especially when people don't like just fall in love with their players. Like that's the hardest thing to break when people feel like, like I've always feel like somebody drafts somebody and they go, no, nah, but this is, this is my player now. Like, and the only way I'm going to give it up is, as you said before, like, oh, you know, give me Jack Steele or give me something like ridiculous to get this player out of yeah. my side. It's like, well, you know, no, like you're, you're not going to win by doing that. Like I'm happy to keep holding my player, but yeah. And, and it's amazing how many people who are like down the bottom of the ladder and they're just kind of like, Oh, I'll just keep picking up waiver guys. It's like, well, that's why you're down the bottom of the ladder. Like what's the Like there's no harm in taking risks and trying to trade yeah. to get higher up. And especially if you're in redraft leagues, I do like the NFL app. I've I've, I've said that a few times this year where I think they've got the draft calculator. Um, I'm pretty sure that's the one I play, and they've they've got that where, yeah, you can actually punch in the draft, like the trade that you're going to do, and it comes spits out of going if that's a fair trade or not, and that's how it's sort of used to tick it off with our commissioner. That's not too bad. Which is good. It's, you know, as we said, you know, all this sort of stuff that could be introduced in Supercoach, it's just unfortunately we need a bigger market for them to spend more time adding this technology in.
1: It is a good story. Now, speaking of just which, uh, Grimo who's been featuring heavily on this podcast, and we haven't even heard his voice on yet. i give a
0: shout out to Grimo too. I think he's come down with COVID, poor bloke. So we wish you all the best, mate.
1: Bloody those casino dealers. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Grimo. Now, here's funny thing, right? So I tried in our keeper league. I tried to trade in Parish. I think about two or three times with uh, hamstring awareness, who's done notoriously pretty well in previous years as well. failed about three times and, and it, it makes sense because my list is generally older in the keeper league so I don't have much to offer him for young talent anyway so I've tried and failed three times groomer then gets on the chat talking about hey boys uh, what about what do you think about this trade and asking our opinion when we're directly involved in the same league that he's asking questions on I was like oh he's open to parish so then I'm messaging him because he's talking about like Sean Darcy for parish and looking at young people different roles obviously so I was like, hey, um, what can I give you that's better than Sean Darcy? And uh, and then all of a sudden he, he messages Grimo back and he's like, hey, man, I'm going to have to put this on hold and uh, consider it. And he's like, what the fuck? Did you mess?" I said, yeah, of course I messaged him. I've tried to get Parish three times. Like, why would you message a group chat when I'm involved in the same league and think that I'm not going to try and get Parish? Um in the end the conscience won out, so I kind of bowed out gracefully. But I was like, mate, don't come and talk about a group chat letting me know that he wants to trade that person because now that person's fair game. Yeah, and that, that's um, always the hard thing because he, like, he wasn't happy. He did he didn't talk to me for a couple of days.
0: Well, <laughs> Forty and I used to always do this as a guy from that runs Equity Club League. Uh and yeah, we used to always pinch each other's trades all the time and that and you talk so we couldn't talk it through. So Grimo and I used to talk it, but now Grimo and I are always in, you know, a lot of the same leagues a lot of the times when we're not in the same leagues, we'll message each other while we're doing a live draft. What do you think about the, this is my choice for the next three players, you, you know, and that, but now we can't even bounce ideas off each other because yeah, you stole his we're next all player, in the same then, league yeah. and we just keep stealing each other's players and stuff. So yeah, we're a bit like that. So no, it, it gets interesting. Definitely. Good
1: fun. Um, well, look, let's round out and let's start talking and focusing on the week coming up. Um, particularly captains and, and VCs. Now, based on, I think it's um, where I'm coming second, right? So Supercoach data based on all the people on Twitter yeah. that he has got um, in his mix, I'm coming second for total points via my captain so my VC and maybe, my C, whatever my captains are, which I can't believe. Say, I can't believe it though. <laughs> well, it must be because I'm just. My
0: VCs and captains have been pretty well. But, this year. That's and the, and I, I feel like if, I want to know how many points I'm behind Abdul, the VC and captains this year, because I'm about a thousand points overall behind him. I swear. Well, would be we a work? Yeah, Abdul
1: Abdul's far. I think I'm a few hundred points ahead of him on captains. Yep. Uh, which makes sense. Cause I didn't get Cameron. I didn't get Himmelberg. So there's a few hundred points I've lost as well. So um, yeah, I don't know it's, it, I kind of look at matchups, like who's got the softer matchup, which one sort of leak points to the midfield. And then I kind of just sort of go with my gut a little bit and then still stick to fairly popular options. Um, I was really happy with Laird as captain last week. I didn't like too many after him. I was thinking like Abdul's like, oh, we'll make your captain your VC. And I was like, okay, well, if I go Laird VC, I'll probably take it. And I'm like, if he fails, then I'm like, who's after him though? If he fails, there's you know, like Tuuk Miller, maybe. And he didn't, what did he go? He went okay. He only got 110. Yeah.
0: I'd um, change my mind on the, on the Saturday if my backup was yeah. going to be Zach Merritt. So he's been in a purple patch. So they end up scoring the same. One point more I would have got for Merritt.
1: Yeah, so I was kind of looking at that going, well, I want that early game (laughs) and put that VC on. And for me, it was was a Bontempelli. So this week, here's the funny thing. So when we have a look at the matchups this week, the popular VC will have to be led, right? He's fresh off, uh, what, 20 tackles? He got 155 or whatever he got. Yeah, so he had an extremely good game. Uh, I think he's been extremely valuable recently. Uh, so I think he'll be the most popular VC. And I think that's pretty well given. Now, for me, I think Lockie Neal's a pretty good deal. Gold Coast don't generally tag. Two could probably run through a little bit. Again, it's a, a Q clash. I think the, the stakes will be lifted a little bit. It's also at the Gabba at night time, So I think Neal plays a bit better at night than he does during the day. Go figure. Um, so I quite like Lockie Neal for that. Uh, I think I might avoid the dogs in Melbourne. I'm not sure who's going big. And you know whether it's Petraka, whether it's Clary, petraka would be a good one based on a he had a good week. Yeah, yeah, but he can also Petraka can also go seventy or eighty. Like he
0: he is a more that VC option because he um, this is the sort of game he kind of gets up for.
1: But then if you VC um, him, who are you putting the captain on? Because after that, right, you've only got what Carlton. So I mean, I guess you could go like Petraka, and you could go Walsh.
0: No, if you have got steel, oh steel, um, yeah, okay. If you have steel,
1: I I don't mind that at all. Actually, against West Coast, yeah. Um, West Coast mids aren't that bad not anymore, bad, but, but steel
0: should still go. Steel should tell up.
1: Um, I don't have steel, so I can't yeah. do that. But if you have steel, I don't mind going. Um, you know, Petraka, I guess got grand final in round one, he absolutely tailed them. Do you think they'll let him run around and do whatever he wants sure again? Surely they can't.
0: Surely they can't. Surely they
1: can't. I think Libertore su- maybe has to yeah. go to him. Yeah. And just try Which and stop could every mean, single all thing. But just
0: runs around and does whatever the frigging hell he wants. Yeah, he but
1: again, that's sort uh, right. he, here's the way I'm thinking, right? So Adelaide have Keys and Adelaide have Led. Outside of that, I don't think Adelaide really sort of tail up. Sydney, or
0: Sydney, a lot of people,
1: a lot of people score well against Adelaide in the midfield.
0: Yeah. If Sydney, going gonna so put any attention Bills. into anyone, it's going to be Dawson. Yeah. Because uh, no, just well, because it's the former player. Yeah. No, there's no way you're going to let Dawson Clark, run around Clark, Clark tagging punches.
1: him. I actually I actually think Mills will probably do a similar role to what he did to Brayshaw last week because Mills can tackle, Mills can get his own ball, and Mills is a freak, right? So Brayshaw, anytime there was a stoppage, Mills was on him 100%. Like, I'm not letting you get the ball. Mm-hmm. And as soon as it sort of split, then all of a sudden he's like, cool, you're dead to me, and Mills would just move on and then become, yeah, he'd link up, he'd play it normally. Anytime there's an actual stoppage... Mills wore Brayshaw so hard that he did nothing, all right, in, in particularly the quarters that I watched. So I, I don't think, um, yeah, I'm not I, sure if, even if I they probably think with to... you Because
0: there's a difference with that one. Sydney yeah. were the underdogs playing Freo. This time Sydney's the hunted. So I think the sponges back themselves that they're going to be better than Adelaide. So Leeds yeah, might it's run around, probably do what he wants, but I feel like Mills, Mills is due for a big one. He'll probably. Just I'm
1: thinking off. Mills VC, to be honest, because I think a lot of people will be going Laird. I don't know if Laird's going to get the time and space. Not at, that he normally. He's looking
0: would. at the space at the SCG.
1: No, that's true, and yeah. I think Mills. what's Mills gone at the SCG lately? That's a question, because I could just waste my VC. Well, I don't. know. He hasn't it's gone. He hasn't. Oh, he's been horrible. He
0: scored at the SCG. I don't think. It's like he got the 138 mils. Oh, no, he did get uh, 138, uh, 167. 138,
1: 117, 167, 139, 130, 147. So more of his better scores have been at the SCG. SCG yeah. Uh, there is a bad anomaly in there with an, an 86 against the Saints. Um,
0: I, That wasn't a good scoring game for anyone that night. Uh, yeah, that, so that, was think... the, that was the really shit game where the Saints just could not score. Uh, it was like the Swans just played defensive footy as well, and just did what they had to do. Like the, the, St Kilda couldn't touch the ball that night, but it wasn't a pretty game.
1: See, that's a weird logic. Where I think Ledger will still be a great VC, but I think he'll probably just he might go that one fifteen to one twenty five. It's uh, I don't know if he's going to really tail up. Yeah, it's um, a, tail it's up. Not... And Mills again, better. you'll know you'll know if you're taking Mills as VC or C anyway. And I think um, Adelaide leaked a lot of points in the midfield because, as good as Laird is, he's not really an accountable mid. He, he's more of an outside you know, accumulator, and he, he'll tackle. But I think once it sort of gets on the outside, I don't know. Gutfield says at this point in time, which could change by the end of the week. I've got Mills VC Neil um, as my captain. I think they're probably the two surest deals around. I'm not sure if I want to get Oliver first game back after having hand surgery. Not sure I trust McRae's been so up and down and just flatlining, hundreds and low hundreds basically. Um, if I had steel, I'd definitely be tempted on that, which pretty much leaves it as Mills or Lead into Neil for me this week, sweet so What do you reckon?
0: Yeah, I, like I like Mills. There's a little bit of me wants to keep the VC on Goldie just because they're playing Hawthorn down in Tassie, but I'd um, I'd rather have somebody in the Adelaide game, so would probably be do at Mills, it. Yeah. Um and the other one that kind of interests me is on the Sunday is Zachy Merritt, just because he's an absolute purple patch at the moment. But the Pies are a much better team. But I don't think the Pies are going to tag him and that he just runs around, does what I he hope does.
1: someone gives him some you, attention. Because yeah, well, he's run around and your, done his own you, thing. Your sake. For, for three uh, weeks he's done his own bloody thing. There's does. no parish. Yeah. There's no parish. Shut down the only good midfielder in that side. Not yeah, hard.
0: Just runs around and, you know, he's nearly as safe safe as houses at the moment in this form, but you think that it's got to come at some point.
1: Same as who's getting tagged first, Dacos or Merritt?
0: Dacos. Because I think you can put out like a Guilfi on somebody like Dacos who doesn't like get a lot of the ball anyway and just go Guilf. I've seen Guilfi tag, play defensive role this year. So it would not surprise me if they just go Guilfi, just go and nullify Dacos.
1: I think the amount of talk and hype and how dominant he was and yeah. kicked multiple goals, 40 touches, I don't, I don't think he's getting anywhere near that kind of time and space. And we saw it even with Walsh and how Walsh started to get attention and Cripps didn't. Um, any of these good players that start to actually get attention, it's a new part in their development. Mm. They need to learn how to work through these things. Walsh is now really good at working through it. Brayshaw had to work through it. Lockie Neal, I think, used to get, like, clamped down. I think Robbo, funnily enough, clamped him down one year. I think when Fife was out, all of a sudden Lockie Neal started getting tagged at Fremantle. And it's just a natural progression that when you start to dominate as a young person, that you're going to have people that just are on you and you have to actually learn how to work through that. Um, I really want yeah, to see him
0: get tagged and see how he goes through
1: it. I, and, and anyone that jumps on Dacos is going to give him more attention and be more physical and be fitter than the players that he would have been up against in junior years. Mm. Plain and simple. Um, you know, And I think he's still an absolute, absolute gun. Like... Um, the junior goat uh, Like can you even Come up with a name For it It's just ridiculous um, Yeah Yep
0: Completely Crazy
1: crazy that uh, Alright that's our Season VCs I think that pretty much Wraps us up A little bit of Off topic Banter and chats And um, pretty much At this point in time We got through The Marshall stuff Early Captains we leave At the end So pretty much I think people know Where to skip through And we're kind of Just doing our thing At this moment Swiss, was It Was around 19 Yeah Round 19, it's like a nice little video segment talk stuff. Give, give us a shout out if you have a topic that you want us to cover or don't cover. Um, <laughs> again, I'm thinking end of the season, I think I'll probably try and get on a few different popular folks and uh, do a little, not quite to the extent that I think we did with Abdul, but even breaking it down, talking about that person, their team, how they went, what sort of, what was their best trades, what was their biggest, um, you know, mistakes and all the rest of it. And these nice little sort of, what, 20 minute segments or less? Uh, 15, 20-minute segments and trying to find some people. So let us know if you are interested in that. Thank you for everyone that commented last week as well, looking at the BBL and saying, boys, please keep it going. Swizz myself and I uh, think Grimo- um, Grimo will probably hopefully join us for that because you two are way better at me than BBL. Um, So stay tuned and um, we'll definitely try and keep more preseason action than last year. Uh, Last year I think we waited until the last minute when Chris didn't show up, Swizz. <laughs> yep. And, um, yeah, so let us know what you're interested in and we will try and deliver. Give the people what they want, as they always say.
0: Yep, sounds good, mate.
1: Easy. Thank you, Swizz. Everyone else will catch you later. When are you doing your team reveal, Swizz? Thursday night?
0: Yeah, teams. Yeah, there's no the, the Friday night game, so which is the Tigers this week, so I'll be off to that one. Actually get to see some AFL this week. So, um, yeah, Thursday night was the team's break
1: nice. I think I'll be going to the AFL Saturday night, so that'll be the uh, Brisbane and the Suns. So I think that'll be extremely nice to go and watch. It's the only chance I get to watch footy up here, mate, is if it's at the Gabba or the Gold Coast. Um, I'm not sure. I might try and do my team tomorrow night. Um, hopefully, there's no real changes for that Thursday, but again, when you have one trade, um, I just want to talk about Pillion and how good I was last <laughs> week, to be honest, so we'll, we'll get to that, um, but that's it from us, and um, Chris, hopefully, he should do his team reveal because he also made a bunch to Valley VC last week so we'll make sure it gets his little team reveal up and that's it we'll talk to you soon give us a share give us a like give us some thoughts and we'll talk to you soon bye bye
0: Bye!